This is an interview with uh, Jonas Weber from Logic Artists about their upcoming game, Expeditions Viking. Your father was a great warrior and a good husband, but he was not a strong chieftain to his clan. As he travels to join his brothers in the halls of Valhalla, you must take his place. First question, just some interview formalities basically, could you just say mm -hmm. who you are and what role you have in developing Expeditions Viking? Yep, of course, I'm Jonas Weber and I'm the creative director of Logic Artists. Um, as such, I'm the lead designer and the only so far writer of uh, Expeditions Viking. Okay, um, and for people who missed out on Expedition Conquistador, uh, could you kind of give a bit of a overview of what, what this series is about, what, or what kind of things you get up to in these games? Yeah, the Expedition series um, is about... It's a it's a series of turn-based role-playing games where you take charge of a small group of intrepid explorers um, journeying into uh, foreign countries and, and dealing with the strange and somewhat dangerous cultures that you encounter there. So it's about uh, exploration and survival and leadership and, uh, of course, making tough decisions under pressure. Um, I thought that a... Like a, a a common thread between conquistador and and Viking is kind of like the European explorers potentially winding up in the Americas. Um, so I, I don't know if will you get as far afield as America in uh, in Viking. Um, it's not something we're planning to begin with. At least, of course, we have plenty of ideas for um, for where to go and and what kind of. Mm. Uh, what kind of expeditions you could mount as Viking. The great thing about the Vikings is they went pretty much all over the place. Um, but to begin with, we are not uh, including the Americas in the game. Uh, definitely won't rule it out for a further expansion if the game is as successful as we all hope. Um, for the series as such, you know, we don't want to limit ourselves to any particular region of the world. It could be pretty much anywhere and at any point in history, which is one of the great, um, really cool things about the, the franchise that we're trying to establish. Uh, it has very few limitations built into it. Um, and since you guys are based in Denmark, did that influence your decision to, uh, to go with Vikings for this, this second installment? Yeah, it did. Um, one of the great things about uh, making Conquistador was that one of our, um, our co-founders, the uh, technical director, of our company is Spanish and that was invaluable in sort of just clearing things off because he has a better insight into the, um, the language and the history of, of, of that culture, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he could kind of fact check a lot of things and um, and yes, uh, Vikings was pretty much the first thing that came up when we were talking about where we wanted to go. Um, we later put it out to, to, uh, to the fans on the mm -hmm. internet to just kind of figure out what what people are interested in, and, and it seems like pretty much everyone um, takes an interest in, in Viking in that period. So uh, we, we figured we we had a winner with that one. Um, <laughs> but of course, the uh, the fact that we're that it, it's a lot closer to home than than Conquistador, um, mm. and we probably won't get that close to home ever again uh, if the series goes on. So it's yeah, we're, we're quite enjoying working on something that 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 we're a part of. Sure. To a greater degree. Sure. Uh, what do you think it is about 
uh, Vikings and that that sort of period in history that resonates with people, um, you know, obviously throughout the world, um, not just not just for uh, Scandinavian people. Um, well, first of all, uh, I guess because it's yeah, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> that, that could be all sorts of things. Um, obviously, I think it, it ties back to the, the, the what's at the core of the franchise to begin with, is that exploration and sort of these daring expeditions to foreign countries, is they are in and of themselves really interesting. Um, and we tend to kind of admire um, people who who take the, the risks involved in, in just journeying to far off countries where they have no idea what they're going to meet. Um, and then there's, you know, obviously in popular culture, Vikings have always been depicted as these bloodthirsty barbarians. Um, and that, that appeals to people just in a general sense, I guess you, you, you think of them as these, um, huge, uh, strong warriors that, that just arrived out of nowhere and fucked shit up, so to speak. <laughs> And then left again immediately. So that's that's definitely a kind of. Yeah, it's the yeah. same with pirates, right? You have the mobility, you have the um, the element of surprise, and and you you do whatever you want, pretty much. You're not not bound by any rules. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm originally from England, and that's that's kind of the historical version we get. Well, it's interesting. It's like oh, they they there was a whole lot of raids, raiding and pillaging, and then all of a sudden. Uh, the, uh, the Vikings sort of settled down and became farmers, and it, it's almost as if like the way it's presented in history is like there was, there was just a switch flipped, and all of a sudden, oh no, they're, they're going to settle down now and just uh, <laughs> live <laughs> live in England peacefully. Yeah. Whereas it's like so, presumably, of course, the, the, there were always sort of rural and agricultural aspects to the culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, that's one of the really interesting things about uh, what we're working on now as well. Is there's a lot of different theories about the Vikings about what uh, what caused them to go raid and plunder, and and um, and whether it was just these random senseless attacks, or whether it was uh, whether it can be seen within a greater sort of socio-political context. Yeah. Um, and one of the most convincing theories I've heard is that uh, because the Franks was was this uh, Christian empire, mm-hmm. was rather large um, kingdom to the south, um, and they had an embargo on trade with non-Christians because they were trying to pressure all the heathens into adapting Christianity. Right, right. Um, so it's not a coincidence that the Vikings would raid um, these Christian monasteries and churches on the coast because they they were sort of retaliating in a way or sending a message to the Christians to stay the hell out of their business. Right. Um, <laughs> I think that's really interesting because that, I mean, senseless violence is cool and all, but uh, mm. it, it's sort of, it's when you when you have a greater conflict with more plausible motivations, then you have a story, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, your approach to um, uh, kind of the historical realism um, in in Conquistador was—it seemed like you um, always kept in mind that it was a game as well. I'm thinking about the fact that you could have like a full party of uh, of women as conquistadors, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where and I think there was and is some historical evidence for that. Um, but having like a full party, you know, maybe not so much. Um, yeah. Is, is, is that like a, a similar approach that you're going to take in Viking as well? Yeah, I mean, we're always, 
you know, it, we like the historical basis of the games. We like that that it's not fantasy or science fiction because we love those genres too. But everyone else is working in those genres, right? So we think sure. we have something special by sticking to uh, to a little bit of more authentic setting. But at the same time, we are always conscious that it is um, it is not so much just that it's a game, but that it's a, it's a role playing game, right? Um, right. And 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 there are some things that that you kind of need to give the player in, in that genre. You need to give them a, a great degree of choice, and then you need to give them the consequences of those choices. Mm. And you need to give them a lot of customization and a lot of um, freedom to, to, to basically create the character and the followers, like the party that they want to play as. That's a very integral part of the genre. And that, to us, is more important than staying true to history or to... Um, to whatever people think history is because obviously there's also some some disputes about that especially oh, when it yeah. comes to vikings right of course because I, mean, I don't know yeah like what, what sort of historical texts and, and records are there from the viking period i mean is there is there a lot to go on or, or are people working from no that's almost there? nothing we had the oh. same problem with conquistadors that the only people, the only writings about the Aztecs that survived were either by the Spaniards, right, right. Uh, or, or testimony by all the lesser tribes that the Aztecs had been bullying until the Spaniards came. <laughs> you aren't going to be big fans, presumably. No, exactly. So there were there wasn't really any super dependable sources there. But um, yeah. with the Vikings, it's even worse because the uh, the Vikings didn't write. Right? They didn't have paper. Uh, they they the only means that they had was they chiseled things in rocks. Right. Uh, and when you chisel things in rocks, you know brevity is important. <laughs> Indeed. So um so yeah the 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 only writings we have about the Vikings are um, mainly British monks that wrote about these terrible heathens that came and were awful. Yep, yep. Uh, and then there's, uh, then there's a few um, mid Middle Eastern scholars who sort of encountered the Vikings, uh, mainly the Swedish Vikings that went down the Volga mm, okay. um, and kind of made it all the way down to the the Arab, the Arabic sort of world. Um, yeah. So it's it's very limited, um, and in a, in a way that's frustrating, of course, because we. Mm-hmm. It would be better to have a large body of historical uh, text so we could draw inspiration from that. But at the same time, it, it also is liberating because um, returning to the origin of the, of the question, um, if we have a party made up entirely of women, um, there's even less evidence this time that, that women didn't play a part, right? I mean, right, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say there's evidence that they did, but there's no evidence that they didn't. Right. Um, and... Uh, Quite within the the last few years, um, people have been identifying a lot of these Viking skeletons that they dug out of graves um, as women, even though they were buried with shields and swords and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Which, in and of itself, doesn't prove anything, but it certainly, you know, it certainly doesn't. Yeah, it's 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 circumstantial evidence. It's yeah, very yeah. solid circumstantial evidence. Sure. Um, so a couple of changes that uh, I've read that you're gonna make from uh, from the first game is that uh, the main character is now going to have a sort of physical presence on the map will will take place uh, sorry will show up in in combat and things um, yeah what was the thinking behind that and how's that going to uh, affect gameplay oh that's directly you know that's because people want it um, it's right. one of the main <laughs> things people have requested about conquistador um, and they we're talking about how, like, is, is it possible to 
to patch that in there, which of course it mm. wasn't because that would be a huge change to the game. Yeah. Um, but this time we're just designing the game around it and it's not really a problem. And it's it's cool for us because of course we are fans of RPGs as well. We want character customization. We want to make cool characters and, and, and see ourselves in battle as well. So it's, it's definitely something that we share with the fans. Um, so the other thing is that now uh, you'll have a sort of home base uh, type village that you will return to and, and gradually upgrade and things like that. Is, yeah. Is that, is that another request, um, or is that something you uh, had had wanted to put into Conquistador? Or? It's something we actually sort of did put into Conquistador. Um, it was something that um, our Kickstarter backers, some of our Kickstarter backers, suggested it during um, the Kickstarter and immediately afterwards when we opened the the, the sort of pre-alpha up to to our backers. Right. Um, and we were working on the Mexico campaign at that point, and we realized that you know people wanted to build a fort and kind of have a home base in Mexico, mm. and we realized that that would that was something that we could do using the existing systems of the game. Yep. Uh, we didn't really have to change everything, unlike if we had to put in a player character. So um, so we added this fortress in, and uh, we really liked how it it changed the dynamic of that campaign. Uh, we liked how it gave you some something to kind of return to and build up. Yeah. Um, but we f- we felt that we could do a lot more with it um, if we if we planned around it from the start and if we designed the whole campaign about it. Um, plus, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the Viking um, fantasy because uh, you know the Vikings did go raiding and trading, but they did so to kind of bring riches home to their community and build it up and and they had their own little conflicts back home that they were involved in so it makes a lot of sense to us yeah is is the time the sort of playing time going to be split between uh your party going off uh, you know exploring and adventuring and also uh yeah defending and uh possibly expanding against more internal localized uh, forces, if you like, um, and how's how's that going to work? Will you have to sort of leave some people behind in your homestead as, when you go off, or or not? So much? I mean, we, we have a lot of ideas, but um, it's dangerous to to talk about it at this point because we're still sort of on the prototyping phase. We're not we're not sure. quite sure how it's going to work in practice. We're going to experiment and see what we like and and how much we can do. Um, but I, I see it as kind of a framework thing because this is mainly a game about going abroad on dangerous expeditions. Um, yeah. So the the village will mainly be, yeah, it'll be where you return to between your forays out and where you see your, your progress in the sort of meta game reflected in the, the strength and size of the village. Um, so that's that's hopefully how it's going to be. It's, it's more of a framework sort of thing. Okay. Um... I saw that you'd mentioned that uh, the plan is to make certain systems sort of deeper and more dynamic, was, was the quote I saw. Um, can you expand on what that might mean for sort of the, the camping and wilderness aspects? Because um, I know you, you highlighted that as yeah. a, a thing that you guys really liked about the first game as well. In sort of high-level terms, it's about um, eliminating some of the repetitiveness that crept into the Conquistador campaign um, mm. as, as the game wore on because, you know, most people spend about 25 to 30 hours um, on, on each playthrough of Conquistador. You could easily make it stretch to 40 or even 50 if you were a completionist. Um, 
and eventually the camping systems kind of get a little tiresome. They, they you've you've worked out how it works. You've seen all of the events. Um, you're making the same decisions over and over again. It's kind of running mm. on cruise cruise control. So our like our goal is to make sure that um, those systems that sort of underpin the, the, the play experience, the systems that you'll be encountering a lot, including, and uh, in fact, primarily the camping system, um, that they have enough content that you never feel like you've you've emptied out the system, so to speak, that you've grown completely familiar with it and now you, you want it to just go away. Uh, we want to make sure that it, that it never outstays its welcome. Yeah, I... I... I do remember that actually. That for the first uh, few hours or so, um, it, it's sort of it's challenging and, and it's difficult and it's 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 a factor in, in your decisions and things. But you reach a point where the party, I think, just have high enough hunting skills and so on to just right. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll get enough food. Everything's going to be fine. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, it's it's good that you can master the system and that, yeah, you'll, sure, sure. Yeah, that you'll feel like you you've worked it out. But at the same time. Uh, it's important to throw a cock in the wheels occasionally, so that so that you 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 keep having to make interesting decisions all all, all the way through. So similarly for the um, the turn-based combat, is that um, going to see similar changes? I, I think I can't remember if it was the scout class. Uh, it, it became really powerful for me. Um, yeah, so that's the, my favorite class as well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, towards the end, it's just uh, I think I was. I can't remember which particular skills that they had. I, I know having uh, really lengthy movement was very helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, you, you're sort of going to address um, address that aspect to keep it challenging all the way through the game kind of thing. Yeah, uh, we're planning to stick pretty closely to the fundamentals of the of Conquistador's combat system. We thought we, we, we iterated a lot on it during development and we're pretty happy with how it ended up. But... Um, Definitely adding more skills to it, uh, adding more features in general. Um, I can't really get into specifics there again because we're just sure. sort of trying things out and see what what sticks. But mm -hmm. um, but the, I guess the the main point there is we want to just expand it. We want to make make it more feature complete in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that is gonna uh, be done through uh, revamping the, the skill system to make it a bit more RPG-ish. Uh, make it less linear, um, give you more options for how to level up yourself and your and your followers and so on, um, and and giving you more variety in the kind of battlefields that you uh, that you end up fighting in and so on. So yeah. that's generally just more features, more variety, um, more options hmm. is is what we're going for. Um, something that I liked a lot uh, in the first game, and, and I think other people did as well, was the 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 dynamics within the party um, where you know you have characters who have opposing viewpoints and, and sort of abrasive relationships. Um, is, presumably, is that going to come back for uh, Expeditions Viking as well? Yeah, definitely. That's one of our favorite things as well. Um, and we also have plans for how to kind of expand on that and try to make that even more uh, meaningful too. But uh, that's another one of those things we're kind of trying to work out. Um, we do want to get a little bit more... Uh, sort of character into the game this time. Uh, sometimes the the characters in Conquistador might end up feeling a little bit like they were just a portrait and a collection of numbers, mm. um, and that's something we're going to try to to address. But um, but yes, the the fundamentals will will definitely still be there. 
Uh, so you say um, that you're in the uh, prototyping stage at the moment, is that right? Um, so Yeah, we've, we've kind of got a playable demo uh, that we showed okay. off, uh, off at the Nordic Game Conference, and uh, that's the foundation of of our future sort of um, development of the game. So it's it's a bit beyond prototyping, but mm. we, we always kind of prototype new systems as we go, so we may still be prototyping new stuff um, up to like half a year before release. Yeah. I think I saw mentioned that uh, when you were asking people uh, what the second game in the series was going to be, um, I think there was mention of a, of a beta. Is that going to be like a obviously further down the line, but is that going to be a Steam Early Access thing, or are you going to do a separate beta? Or I don't quite know how we are going to arrange that, actually, the logistics of it, I mean. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the idea is definitely that uh, free free beta access to everyone who guessed correctly, and uh, mm. something else for all the people who, who, who bothered to try. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and yeah, I don't know if we're gonna use early access for that because we, you know, clandestine is in early access right now, um, right, right. and uh, people people are very skeptical about early access in general. So um, mm. we we might try to figure out another system. Okay. Um, will things like Iron Man mode be uh, making a return as well? Yes, definitely. It's, that that's I mean one of the things we really enjoyed were were sort of when people came onto the forums and just ranted about. How hard the game was, and how they got <laughs> screwed over, and or how they barely scraped by, and and so on, and yeah, yeah. Um, and that's yeah. I mean, definitely Iron Man needs to be in there because it's fun for for the players to share their experiences, and it's fun for us to follow along with what you know mm. what people experience um, when they kind of push themselves um, to the limits in in the game. Great. Um, I think that is uh, all the questions I have for you. Um... Thanks very much for uh, taking the time to uh, have a chat with us about Expeditions Viking. Um, do, you, do you have a sort of vague release window schedule uh, in mind yet, or is it still too early to say about that? Uh, we're aiming for some time in the beginning of 2016, but uh, we'll see what happens. Sure. Um, <laughs> definitely, you know, quality is, is, is most important to us.